You are listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 64. is the give me five podcast an entertaining show about even more entertaining things my name is rob and i've accepted the andre the giant as my lord and savior the andre the giant the andre the giant that's right as my lord and savior also i'm here with two other guys hey um, another dude (laughs) hey we have not accepted andre the giant as our lord and savior speak for yourself greg that's right that would be that's... Jimmy. He has earned a name in the show. That other guy can go away. Name. Yeah. Uh, Greg will now be referred to as Bell Snickle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, together, we discuss pop culture, entertainment, and a little bit of nostalgia. This week, we've got another crossover from Arrowverse, Elseworlds. I believe we're also going to discuss the movie I Kill Giants. And maybe throw in a little bit of Christmas. Yeah, and potentially we might get in a little bit of discussion about the Epcot holiday thing that Rob talked about last week, but now I've had a chance to go and I've got some opinions about that as well. Cookies? Cookie-related opinions. Yes. So Those cookies we'll, are delicious. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. You're, you're right. They are delicious, but we'll, we'll talk. I just don't want to spoil it. And speaking of spoilers, uh, nice there's segue. a new show. You're welcome. And there's probably going to be some spoilers. Uh, we're going to try, try to avoid some major twists. Uh, so if we're talking about something you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, use your own discretion. Uh, there is a movie that's been out for a little while. It's available on streaming called I Kill Giants, which Rob just mentioned. Pretty big spoilers there. I will, before we get into those, I will re-mention that again because I think it's better without the spoilers. It definitely is. We will give you plenty of warning because there's no way to talk about it without spoiling it. And I've had it spoiled multiple times because I had it spoiled when I read the book. Don't even Google it. Yeah. And it's spoiled when I read the book and then, which... Unless course, you're looking for a place to watch it, then yeah. you can Google we'll, we'll it. No. Don't read anything about it. You can watch it on Hulu or you could you could have bought it on Black Friday for $1.99 or you could watch it on YouTube Red, I believe. Or yeah. you, it's like two ninety nine for a rental on YouTube. So there you go. I have, I have YouTube Red and was able to watch it for free. Excellent. Well, guys, if you'd like to get in touch with us on the show here after, for example, we talk about I Kill Giants, if you want to write us in and uh, let us know your opinions on the movie, um, you can find us by searching for the Give Me Five podcast on Facebook. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram at Give Me Five Pod. If you want to email us directly, that is Give Me Five Podcast at gmail.com. As with with each of these, if you've been listening, you know by now to spell out the five as F-I-V-E. And if you could, thanks in advance. We'd really appreciate a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app that you're using. It helps us get noticed a little bit more, stand out in the crowd, and show up in searches for things like popular culture or whatever else we're discussing at the time. We do have a store, so if you'd like to support us that way... You can check out the give me five podcast dot threadless dot com minus the the in front of give me five. That's give me five podcast dot threadless dot com. And guess what? I was looking at the store the other day. I did some yeah. retooling of the store, reorganizing it mm-hmm. just because I never 
I when I first set it up, I didn't entirely know what I was doing. It was still working fine, but things were organized a bit weird. But anyway, as I was doing it, I realized that they have stickers available now. And we actually had stickers this whole time, which I did not know. They put it in All right. quietly. So you can get a sticker to go on the wall next to your bathroom mat or your laundry bag with our awesome logo on it. Put it on your car, wherever you want. Yeah. And if you guys would like to help us out in another small way, you can check out our Give Me Five Dot Libsyn page. On there, in the description for each episode, there's an Amazon link. If you follow that link and make your regular Amazon purchases, especially the holidays coming up, uh, you are not charged anything extra. However, we do get a little bit of change, and that, that goes directly into uh, server and storage costs. You know, your kid might need a playground. You can order that on Amazon. Use our link. We get a little bit of that money. Uh, a whole is, playground. An entire playground. Maybe grandma wants a chainsaw. You don't know. Grandma Wants a Chainsaw. That's the name of this episode. That sounds like a new Christmas song. Grandma Wants a Chainsaw for Christmas. It's the sequel. Keep going. It's the sequel to uh, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. She gets revenge. I'm still waiting (laughs) for Rob to keep going. Will be dangerous. Well, it'll be. Never mind. Yep. All right. So, what's new, guys? (laughs) Well, just when everyone's getting over the end of. In Avengers Infinity War, they dropped the Avengers Endgame trailer, which was uh, pretty morose and pretty good and exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I will be honest. I'm uh, I'm a little surprised that it's coming out already. I feel like Avengers just came out. Huh? Well. You, you don't feel that way? It'll be about a year, right? Because I think the other one came out in May. <clears throat> and then this one is coming out in April. But it was supposed to come out in May, so they actually moved it up by a few weeks. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels soon to me, and I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. It looks awesome, and like you said, it looks morose. Um, you know, you've got your your remaining members of the Avengers. They appear to be scattered about. Um, let's see, Cap and um, Natalie or Black Widow are, are together, and yeah, well, Cap, uh, I think Cap is with. Uh, isn't he with uh, what's her face with Nebula or is? Tony Stark. No, Tony starts with Nebula. Starts with Nebula. That's who it is. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, Tony Stark's up. He's jettisoned with Nebula on a like an escape pod. No, it's uh it's the Milano. The Milano. It's a cookie. Yeah, the, they're the on a cookie. <laughs> um. So they're floating in space on this cookie. Star Lord ship. Well, Star Lord's dead. Wow. Spoilers! One Hello? whole thing I noticed was he's talking about how he's out of food, and he's been out of food for four days, and if you notice in the previous movie when Thor grabs the food before he leaves, like after he's healed up and gets his eye and all that stuff, he grabs some food, and he grabs four packages of food, so Thor technically kills Tony Stark in that movie. Just so. that Way to son go, of Thor. a bitch. Yeah. And he had just had a big bowl of soup. He could so, just eat Nebula. It's true. Tony, Tony Stark can't can't die at some point you'd think his body would eat what's left of his heart right well i mean tony stark can't die otherwise the entire thing that dr strange set up was completely uh irrelevant unless it needs to die for that to happen but he yeah he's not i mean they're not gonna they're not gonna end a superhero franchise by having someone die of starvation well no because i mean because because um dr strange gave up the time gem to save Tony Stark's life. Yes. And 
Tony Stark can't die. I mean, because that because he has to play some kind of pivotal role in the the whole reversing of this of this disaster. He's not going to until that's done, at least. Mm-hmm. Right, right. He's got he's got to play some kind of part in it before he dies. Yeah, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is like seventy years old. He said he's not going to do this forever, but that was uh the one out of what like fifteen thousand different scenarios that. Uh, Doctor Strange saw. Yeah, it was, it was like working out. Million, fifteen million or something, something like that. Yeah, I thought that was cool. They, it's funny because they'll do. The, they did the thing where they're the people of the different planets are starting to realize what actually happened. They're starting to do body counts or, I guess, ash counts to figure out what's going on. And then, of course, they do end it with a little bit of uh, Ant Man, mm-hmm. humoring things up a little bit, which I liked. If you looked on one of the screens, you'll notice that uh, Shuri was also one of the people that died. They thought that Ant Man was, but but because he was in that little time zone area, the was it the, the quantum zone? Quantum zone. Yeah, it says missing next to Scott Lang's name. So, and then he shows up, and they're like, "What is this? An old recording?" Yep. So I'm excited about it. I mean, I was I was going to see it anyway. They really don't need any sort of trailers or advertising for me. But you know, we they have to advertise for the one person on the planet that might not know that this series exists and it has a sequel coming out. Uh, speaking of trailers, what you got, Jimmy? True Detective Season 3. The oh. full story trailer, I guess you could call it that, dropped. There was a teaser that came out maybe like a month ago. And for a lot of you people out there like myself who have had a sour taste in your mouth ever since Season 2, which frankly wasn't that good, um, Season 3 looks great. It seems to hold the same format that episode or series uh series one of true detective had wherein they're kind of revisiting the case at least so it seems and they're interviewing the the main character as he's older and there's a part that shows him kind of stumble out onto the street well i say stumble he just like the old man walk out onto the street uh what i can only presume was a, a location of these murders um he just kind of has you know a flashback and it looks very true to season one. So, you know, check it out. It's dark. It's gritty. Uh, I don't really have anything more to say about it than, you know. I don't remember very much about season two, and I feel like that's better. It is better. Colin Farrell was in it. I remember Vince Vaughn in a really nice house, and everything was shot with that blue hue to it. That's about it. Vince Vaughn was pretty good in it. Um so it was um Taylor Swift, whatever his name is, Hawkins. Yeah, Taylor Swift. He he, Taylor Swift. He was great in it. No, Taylor Hawkins was awesome, and then they offed him, and it was like what? Now, Taylor Hawkins is the drummer for Foo Fighters. The... You're talking about Taylor Kitsch. Yeah, no, Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Kitsch. Uh, his character was the only one with like any redeeming qualities, and they just offed him in the worst way. Um, season one was the best eight hour long movie I've ever seen. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I've talked about it before, but you have actually, yeah, you, you couldn't watch two episodes in a row. You couldn't watch any more than that without just feeling intense dread, and heaviness and sluggishness. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that season three, um, not only lives up to the hype, but, um, can I kind of create that same feeling for me? So, um, looking forward to it. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but watch series one i've got a couple more little bits of news and this is news for rob so if you're not rob please stop listening right now i like news 
first, I saw a little story that the Orville, which is about to start season two on December 30th, about a week after this episode comes out, maybe two weeks, they're most likely going to get picked up for a season three already because they got a huge tax incentive to do so. They got a tax that is, which is one of the things that we don't talk about a lot when it comes to Hollywood movies and stuff. From filming in outer space? Yes, because they actually are filming in outer space And now. that employs so many more people, so they got a discount on it. And I would love to read you the article, but instead I have to look at a Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse ad for seven seconds, so please wait. We'll be covering that next week, I believe. Uh, a $15.8 million tax credit for if they do a third season. So they previously got a $14.5 million tax credit, but that pretty much makes it, hmm. you know, they're gonna guarantee, they're guaranteed to make money. And it has a pretty good following. So the show, one of your favorite shows from last year, which will be coming back soon, will be coming back probably for a third season. Hopefully it will be good. And we were talking about this before the episode began, before we started. And we talked a little bit about Deadpool Mm -hmm. Ever After. And you asked, like, is it a third Deadpool movie? It is actually a PG-13 version of Deadpool 2, (laughs) where they're they're editing out some of the, the naughty bits, both literally and figuratively. However... The reason why I was being coy about it and not telling you too much about it is they fill in some of the the transitions with t- about 20 minutes of new footage featuring Fred Savage and his grandfather reading the story of Deadpool to him. Well, his his grandfather is Deadpool's reading the story to him, yeah, right? De- I think Deadpool's, yeah, his dead grand Deadpool is playing his grandfather reading to Fred Savage just like a certain movie and it apparently is Why whatever movie do you mean, him. Greg? Yep. The the one that Rob's going to have to go watch now. Yes, Wayne's World. They're going to do it just like Wayne's World. Now they're going to do it just like the prin- the Princess Bride or a Princess Bride. And the, the, or a. The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. Yeah. Rob will be in his car, <laughs> truck driving down here, fully armed if I screwed that up again. But they're going to do that. Kind of interesting. I'm, I've heard funny things about it. You know, it's actually pretty funny and it's kind of an interesting way of looking at it. What's funny is the article that I read said that some of the plot lines get a little messed up because you are kind of more laughing at mm-hmm. what's going on with, with Deadpool reading it mm-hmm. than actually paying attention to the plot thread. So you, it's a little better if you've seen it already, which kind of breaks the point of it being PG-13. I'm wondering if this does well, if they're going to... This could actually... I could have waited on this, but it could have been a, a snap decision thing. But if they're going to start making movies that are released like CDs used to be, where there's a clean version and a not-so-clean version, Mm. because they already make the the censored version for TV. You know when it goes on mm-hmm. TBS and stuff and Right, but but that's different that's different than actually making a censored version because what they air on TV is just an edited version. So they basically uh, there there are movies that actually will film two different two different versions of the scene. Like which one? Where they where they change it. It doesn't happen a lot but they do do they do do it. You you said do do. I did. I tried not to. Uh, if if that's a, a like maybe like a mini snap decision, I don't see that becoming a trend. I think that I don't know. That might cost studios more money yeah, than it's I, worth I, the risk. We've already seen that Deadpool two will br- Deadpool will bring in you know money hand over fist. But if it's a property that they're not sure about, it could be a super negative hit. I think on their wallets. I'm. They're they're counting on. Deadpool Christmas or whatever it's called to make probably over $50 million, you know? I think they would go the other direction because there's a lot of, like, all the Marvel movies for the most part, like the 
the Disney Marvel movies. They're PG-13. And there's only so much people getting pulled into portals or people dying off screen or people going into a building that blows up or something like that that you can deal with before some of the the end results get a little, I guess, boring. And maybe actually having rated R versions of these various movies. Especially now that you have something like Deadpool moving into that that world or X-Men moving into that world. Mm-hmm. I would actually like to have the option to bring my kid to the PG version of something or the PG-13 version, but also be able to own a rated R version. And most of the movies, it could just be a couple things. And I don't need swear words. I don't need sex scenes. It's more the, the battles and stuff like that. I mean, not mm-hmm. being able to show blood when someone is getting punched through a building, it kind of pulls you out of the movie. But anyway, uh, I believe there's something here about farts. <laughs> there is. Um friend of the five, our good friend Kerwin, wrote in here um, with a list of uh, facts that you may not know about Christmas. And uh, he he thought we'd like this. Um, I'll read these uh, off in particular. Uh, number 11, especially for Greg and Rob's fart speak, as uh, Kerwin stated, that fart speak means um, Rob and Greg's toilet humor. Um, that I tried my best to, um, ruin <laughs> curb. Uh, so you like curb, you like to curb. curb. Yes. Curb. Yeah. Uh, so this article from buzzfeed.com, um, the same place that you can find out what kind of mouse pad you would be, <laughs> um, or what kind of pay, what hand scissors do should you use? You, you know? Uh, it's pretty funny and they do actually provide links for these. So, uh, here's, here, I'll just kind of dartboard this. Speaking of the Avengers, um, Ralphie from A Christmas Story was an executive producer on Iron Man. He's gone on to have a pretty decent career. Yep. Uh, Santa Claus is one of the most powerful mutants in X-Men and once wielded the Infinity Gauntlet to make his Christmas Eve deliveries. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that one. Yeah, uh, there's there's a link to it on this BuzzFeed article if you just search for 18 Christmas facts that you didn't know you wanted to. So half of like half of the kids got presents, the other half got turned into ash. Yes, they got turned into to ash from Evil Dead. That's, that's a present. Um, in uh, Ireland, I, I can't imagine Santa would make it to very many houses because uh, it's tradition for kids to leave out a pint of Guinness. Instead of milk and cookies. So after uh, maybe four to five houses, I imagine gifts are going to start getting crossed up. Or That is quite the marketing for Guinness. Even not delivered. They sell yeah. a lot of Guinness. There's a lot of, if there's if your kids are listening, make them go away. You, you shouldn't let them listen anyway, but there's a lot of drunk fathers passed out after, after Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken is so popular for Christmas uh, dinner. In, oh, I'm sorry. Can can we say that now, or is it just KFC? I'm offended. I'm sorry. Uh, so popular for a Christmas dinner in Japan that people have to pre-order their meals uh, to ensure that they can get a meal from KFC on Christmas. It's delicious. Number one, the uh, or I'm sorry, not number one, but uh, number eleven from this list that you guys might find interesting. Um, there's a pill called Father Christmas that when you take it. It makes your fart smell like chocolate. Interesting. Okay, that is disgusting. Where, where would one buy this pill? Um, 
<laughs> Let's follow this link here. I feel like there's no way that's healthy. It's got cocoa zest. Um, I don't know. I don't know why one would want to do that. But wow, the commercial is glorious. It's a girl in spandex farting on Santa Claus. <laughs> All right, there we go. Yes! I never... Thank you, Kerwin. <laughs> Thank you, Kerwin. Thank you, you Kerwin. That, that little bit of information made Jimmy's life a little less good. Uh, reindeer can't, can't walk and pee at the same time. I can't either. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, that's what we got. Uh, speaking of emails, Jubles, who is from mine and Rob's guild and a listener... His real name is Matt. He said he wanted to add another TV show to the mix of shows that got canceled too soon. Okay. And that is Being Human, the American version. Or actually, it's the North American version because it's in Canada yes. as well. From Sci-Fi. Uh, it is a werewolf, vampire, ghost, roommate series, which I, I don't know much about it. I did a little bit of reading on it today, and it actually looks pretty cool. It lasted, I think, three or four seasons. It was four seasons. And, and I will say that... I almost included that one on my list, except for the way that they tied everything up. It worked. So I wasn't going to fault them for canceling it. You know, I would have liked to have seen it go on, um, but they wrapped everything up so nicely, I thought, that I, I couldn't include it on something that was canceled. Guys, I had to open up the window. So if you hear another voice that's starring live on the Give Me Five podcast, uh, is my next door neighbor who is talking very loudly in her driveway. Oh, I thought you were going to say who was peeking in the window like uh, freaking tool time. <laughs> hey, neighbor. Like Wilson, peeking over peeking the fence. In the window, if they're peeking in the window, they want it more than I do because I'm upstairs. So then it'd be more like Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. There you exactly. go. And I know I said tool time and the show was actually called Home Improvement, but yes. Don't, don't, don't. So I think it's, I think it's time for Snap Decisions. <laughs> Okay, so I've I've heard a little bit of uh, scuttlebutt about this recently. Okay. Um, I don't know how much of it you guys are aware of, but apparently there has been a a call to arms. I I, a, I mean I don't want to say there's, there's uh, a ban. I think is what you're. It, it, well, but it, it was it was a ban, but it's it's generated some support. Um, you know, it, it, and I think it's gotten really kind of ridiculously out of control. Um, but apparently the song Baby It's Cold Outside was banned by a radio station in Ohio? Uh, okay. Cleveland, yes. Cleveland for being too rapey, if you will. Um, I, I think that they've completely missed the, the the tone of the song, and I think they've completely missed the point of the song, but um, I, I want to hear what your guys' thoughts are on the banning of the Christmas classic, It's Cold Outside, or Baby, It's Cold Outside. Okay. Now, so, go ahead, Jimmy. I, I think it's a bit of a stretch and an overreaction. Greg has some information. I'm not going to step on your toes, so I'll let you reveal that. But I wanted to uh, actually share with you guys. Uh, my girlfriend and I had the discussion about this the other night. I brought up that, you know, a, a Cleveland radio station had had pulled it, I think, after a vote. But ultimately, it's publicity stunt. Um, ultimately, I mean, I heard it in Coles the other day. It's fine. It's it's an older song, you know. It's it's old. It it was a different time, and I I think she she put it 
in a way that made a lot of sense to me. It's uh like if you go to the you go to an antique store and you get a you get a fur coat. Now I'm not in favor of fur at all. Um but you know, you look back on it and and maybe it wasn't so bad back then. But you buy a, a fur coat that's brand new, fresh off the line today, you're like, oh shit, you know, you know exactly where that came from. Um, so it's like an old fur coat song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting way of putting that. I, it, yeah, it, I, very- I think a lot about when you go to those like little country stores and you see those old metal signs, and mm-hmm. some of them are are horribly racist, and you will see people of all different races being like, wow, that was horribly racist. No wonder our grandparents will make stupid comments about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But if they were produced today, it wouldn't be so funny. And I, th- I think that kind of does, in some ways, make sense. Now, yeah, it was kind of, are, are you, did you take care of your, your point? I am good. Okay. So I think that the time period, okay. Publicity stunt, stupid overreaction, mm-hmm. people are too sensitive, et cetera. Okay. I think th- things did eventually get settled, but I think it is definitely a byproduct of the time period. It was written in the 40s. Things were different then in many ways where the words of the song were not in reference to date rape because of the line, what's in my drink, or I can't stay here, whatever. That was was more a reference to the fact that people didn't sleep in the same houses until they were married back then. It wasn't so much a sex thing. It was a... You know, sleeping in different beds, even or not being or not staying in the same house until you get married, kind of thing. It was definitely from a different era, and if the era leaves the song, it doesn't mean that the song all of a sudden became offensive. It's just it is a it it's a different time period. You're you know, it's you can't change history in that way. I guess um, I've heard a lot of people talk about that stuff, and the the people that wrote it was a husband and wife team. They did it as kind of a fun little song to sing it you know, parties together where they can bounce things off of each other. So they were clear, they were clearly not talking about date rape because they were married. Right. It's not a sublime yeah, the, song. The 74 year old daughter of the person that wrote the song said that like, it was never a big deal up until the Bill Cosby stuff with the talking about where he drugged people's drinks. And right. then they did a little thing with it on SNL, I guess three or four years ago, 2015, three years ago. And that kind of caused it to blow up. And it's like the Bill Cosby thing was a, an SNL joke and it shouldn't change what the, the initial intent of the song was. So, and as our little chat went, as Rob said, there's, you know, what you could find something offensive in every song. It, just, there's people that don't like the word moist for any song that, well, I don't think there are any songs with the word moist, but like, well, I'm offended. We should call up that radio station. But uh, since then, there was a bunch of other radio stations that banned it. Then, of course, every single one of them did a poll, which, of course, is more for the the advertisers to get people's email addresses through the radio station whenever there's a poll. And about 80% of people said, don't ban it, so that it's all back. And they've sold more copies of that song this year than they have, I believe, in any other year. There you go. So, Rob, do you have an opinion? I know you do, but did we cover I, it? Yeah, I do. I, I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think we've actually gotten to the point where it doesn't matter what your intention is. If someone wants to interpret it a certain way and be offended by it, that's the, that's the interpretation that you have to go by. So we've, we've kind of, we've kind of become the society where we have to run everything through a filter and everything has to be generic and you can't really say anything. But by the same token, I think it's really disingenuous 
to penalize a song like Baby It's Cold Outside that was obviously written in a different era, that was obviously talking about something other than what he you're trying penalize. to interpret it as being. I did. Then then what it's interpret you're trying to interpret it as something other than what it's intended to be. When you're not saying crap about songs that are on the radio now that talk about bitches and whores and slapping girls around and shit like that. I'm like, come on, man. Was really? That, what, that one that Cardi B song where I saw some little cartoon about it. It was like, we can't play this song, but here's Cardi B telling everyone to eat your ass or eat her ass or something. Exactly. I mean, I or, mean, this, this is what we've come to. This is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I bet. Um, I bet that I... I I'm not sure what radio station it is, but I bet a lot of these radio stations that are pulling little publicity stunts like this are still playing, you know, stuff by that, you know, child predator Takeshi 69, you know, who's currently in jail on racketeering and is R. Kelly. Well, <laughs> that too. So, I mean, hypocritical um, and, and twisting it, you know, way beyond the point that it yeah. needs to. And, and then, of course, I haven't seen anything else on this, um, so I, I don't know how how factual it is. But then, of course, you have other Christmas classics that I've I've heard rumors that they're doing away with as well, like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, the old claymation one. They're taking that out because Rudolph got Rudolph got b- bullied, and then they're also taking away a Christmas story because of the bullying scene. They weren't pro bullying, right? But because it's actually depicted, they're getting rid of it. Yeah, I, I tried to find. I, you you said that I tried to find that, and I didn't find much about it. Except I I mentioned I, I found an article that someone had written. It was a very poorly written article. It was not anyone with any power whatsoever. Okay, that said that mm-hmm. Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer was not saying that it didn't prove the point that it was trying to prove because it was saying that it's okay to bully someone unless they have something of use. And basically, people lambasted that person that wrote the article and said, "You're an idiot," and they are. Um, so I, yeah. I don't think it's going anywhere, and I'm sure that I'm pretty sure TBS is still okay. going to run the the marathon, or I think it's TBS that does that is going to run that marathon. Yeah, it's uh, TBS. Because... Well, I, I will say that I was that I I don't know how I'm I'm guessing that it's not completely pulled off the air because I actually saw it on TBS the other day, and I would have thought they would have been saving it because in two weeks they're going to be running it for 24 hours straight. So I wasn't I was a little surprised to see it on then. It kind of made me wonder whether or not they were pulling it for Christmas Day, but and, know, I guess we'll see. And yet, I still haven't seen it, which is unbelievable. You have got to watch it this year. That that will be your homework <laughs> assignment. You have to see a Christmas story. And Kerwin couldn't believe that you haven't seen Willow. Oh my god! But I saw Crawl. We're we're going to do a movie night at Greg's house, and he is going to watch Willow. I will bring it over, and we will watch it. Jimmy, you in? I'm in. I love that movie. It's a great I think movie. I think we should move on onto our topics and do a little short one here about the Epcot holiday. Was it holiday around the world or holiday? I think holidays around the world thing. While we are talking about sure. stuff, so this will be our first our first topic. Uh, moving away from from uh, snap decisions here, I festival, think it's festival of the, of the holidays. So Rob talked about this last week, so I'm not going to go long. We did it this weekend. I was very excited about doing it because I was kind of in a holiday mood. I'm usually the the Bahambug person around mm-hmm. here, and I did the I did the, the cookie stroll. I thought the cookies were great, but I was actually looking for a little more. Um, I thought they were uh, very similar to each other. 
I wanted a couple of them were the the chocolate chip and then the peppermint chocolate chip. No, one. there was a there was a sugar cookie. There was a red and green sugar cookie, which was the same one, just with the red and green swizzle of stuff on it. Um, and there was a peppermint sugar mm-hmm. cookie, which had peppermint sprinkles and crunchy crunched up peppermint on it. Then there was a chocolate chip cookie, and then a gold mm-hmm. chocolate chip cookie, which I thought was actually going to have like golden chocolate, chocolate chips, chips, like butter co- butter buttercock. <laughs> 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 buttercock is the, wow. is the santa's reindeer that we don't talk about all that much um no butterscotch chips or something like that because they have the, the golden chocolate bars from hershey's and stuff like that i thought it might have been that but it was just a chocolate chip cookie with like gold sprinkles on it so i thought that was like i was hoping for like cookies from the various countries so I was hoping for like if you went to Italy, they had the the Pizels or something, or you know some sort of German type cookie. Uh, they did have black and white cookies for the Hanukkah area. Now, as the resident Jew here, I was sort of excited that they had like a, bo- a booth for that, but the matzo ball soup not good. It was not. It was really. It was the first thing I ate, so it's not like it was bad because I had compared it to something else, or I'd eaten something salty or whatever. Uh, and it was, wasn't just because I, of course, have a Jewish mother and she cooks the best matzo ball soup on the entire planet. And every Jewish son would say that. But it was bland. It tasted, honestly, it tasted like parsley water. It was not salty. I've never had parsley water. Like just, just imagine what parsley tastes like and imagine like you were storing parsley in some water and then drank the water or made it and hot. And they'll run it at Whole Foods. Yeah. Yeah. You could, we should do that. Buttercock's parsley water. <laughs> um, no, it wasn't good. That the matzo balls Buttercock. were a little firm. So either they, they need to hire my mom, I'm guessing, to that. The the pastrami sandwich was pretty good. Uh, the, I thought the best food that I had there by far was the uh, tamale de camarón in the Mexico booth. It was a corn tamale stuffed with uh, guajillo marinated shrimp. With mole ro- mo- eh, rojo and shredded cotija cheese, and it was so good. Oh my god, I like it. Not at all. Easy for you, but to say. it was really, really good. Um, I ate that last, and I was kind of annoyed that I had eaten anything else because I would have gotten more of them. And uh, my wife did enjoy the knish. I'm only talking about that because I want to say the word knish. And uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Taylor Taylor knish Taylor knish. Yeah, and well, that sounds like a lovely time. Yeah. And they have, you know, they did have some fun stuff. You, they, uh, the decorations are always beautiful. I, I did not see Whoopi Goldberg do the the candle lighting ceremony because we left a little early, but we did hear her from across the lake, from near the lake, the side of the lake. Yeah, nice. Well, you did far more food than I did because I just did the cookies, and I like I liked the cookies. Um, that none of them were like really. Like, I like it, you know, I was hoping for some sort of Christmas based cookies because you know. The people in my neighborhood are awesome. The, all my neighbors and stuff, they do like a cookie exchange. And a lot of them are from various countries. Um, actually, some of them are from Pakistan. I should talk to them. And yeah. Oh, and like, I was hoping that they like it was like that, where you got to try different cookies with different types of fruits and different types of, of going to regret saying this, but different kinds of nuts. And yeah, but hmm. it was, it was, yes. Buttercock. Anyway. That covers my review of Epcot, and it keeps us in the holiday spirit. Very good. So, Red Dead Online. Tell me. Yes. I have uh, better things to say about it. Okay. 
this week. And um, I'll probably talk about it again as it comes out of beta. Uh, it is still technically in beta. So for um, anyone who's upset with the like lack of story missions, um, you know, it's, it's going to open up soon. They're just really working out the kinks right now. And the kinks were pretty frustrating in the beginning. There's since been a patch or, or two released for it that have fixed some of the issues. Um, I did complain about the varmint rifle. Um, as I don't think that's a thing that should take you out so easily, but it makes sense. If you can headshot and you get one or two off with the varmint rifle, it's just the fastest shooting rifle. Um, that's why people use it a lot. Mm-hmm. And the playlists in the game are almost like your playlists on Spotify or Pandora or, you know, iHeartRadio or anything where you, you can like, like a song or dislike a song and it'll, it'll cater that playlist to you. So my, my playlist right now is currently like knives only, bows only, team free for all, free for all, and like, capturing territories which might be pretty close to all of them but um i find it's a lot of fun now to uh to play for you know about an hour to kind of wind down at night you can make that uh, say roughly about 50 bucks in an hour so you know rockstar did reduce some of the in-game costs for for things we haven't seen microtransactions yet but they are certainly coming so i'm trying to get as ahead as i can I'm level 17 right now. Uh, Rockstar did reward a lot of the players with a $250 gift of in-game money and 18 gold bars. Oh, nice. So I'm currently running around with about 19 gold bars and, oh no, 15, 15 gold bars. So I'm, I'm currently running around with like 19 gold bars. Uh, I've bought a few weapons. I've got over a thousand bucks. Now, um, if you get killed, do people loot and steal all your money? No. Okay. No, you, they they don't get much at all from you if they do that. Um, <laughs> last night, for example, I played for a little tiny bit. Uh, I actually no, I didn't even really play. I set it up to to update the patch, and I'm I'm out here doing something on the computer, and I heard ah, and I uh, <laughs> I forgot. You know, it had updated, and I entered free room. And then I came back out here and got distracted with something. Some guy was having a field day. Just he came up and roped me on his horse, and he was just dragging me across the plains until I died, over and over again. Um, But I didn't lose anything, so it's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, If you try and loot other players, then you're bold because uh, you know, especially if you're in a like a free for all in a in a showdown game type mode then you're probably going to get picked off because it takes a good three seconds to loot someone you got to go you got to flip their body over you got to go rummage through their pockets and stuff like that you really don't have a chance to there's a little bit of lag issue though i haven't really uh experimented you know too much of it but uh i'm sure things will be smoother There'd be more missions available, more opportunities to make money and have fun with your friends as soon as the um, Red Dead Online drops its beta status. So I think you're going to get it at a good time. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. I have not played with a posse yet. I don't really have a lot of friends on Xbox Live. So, you know, general. or in general. Um, so, yeah, add me on 
Xbox Live, if you do add me, please send me a note so that I know that you're not like a crazy person. Exactly. <laughs> a note that says I love you. And uh, yeah, my my gamer tag is Lim from Limb, like limbs, like arm, arms and legs. It's from an exhumed song, uh, nice. if you were ever curious. So there it is. You know, like I said, sure, I'll be talking about it again when it drops the beta, uh, you know, from the title. But uh, that's my red day. It's, it's a good stuff. Get it for Christmas. It's, it's a lot of fun. Nice. And I think I'm going to finish up, uh, not finish up the whole episode, but I'm going to follow up here with Arrowverse, the crossover Elseworlds. So that is the show Arrow, right. the show Flash, and the show Supergirl. All in the WB. Thank you, WB, for saving Supergirl. And, and this one does not include uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. It does not. It wouldn't. One, it wouldn't actually fit very well. This was a very interesting, kind of tightly wound thing. And I think if they tried to add any more into it, it would. They would have had to change some stuff that wouldn't have been great. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually the seventh crossover they've done, which I am actually surprised about. I, I would have guessed about the third or fourth crossover, but there were also a few other ones with just other series and of course legends of tomorrow did come out of of flash and arrow so i guess that kind of makes sense and the way they did it this year it's based on elseworlds and we've talked about elseworlds on this show a few times uh, we talked about superman red sun which was superman uh, it, as if he had landed in russia instead soviet russia instead of uh america kansas yep uh i mm-hmm. think we talked about gotham by gaslight both the animated thing and the Indeed. book so it's elseworlds and if you are a marvel fan it would be like the what if comic batman ninja yeah batman ninja would be an elseworld so it's elseworlds is a story where they'll change something about a hero in the dc universe they do it as what if in marvel like i said so it'd be like you know what if wolverine died at this point and then they would show the stories as if that happened and they do those in not in sci-fi novels a lot you know like what if germany won the second world war that kind of thing but so what they did here was they took Elseworlds and they actually they sort of split it up over the three series and they kind of kept the tone the same for the series and the characters, but it did fit with the with the individual series. Uh, my wife watches Supergirl but doesn't watch Flash or Arrow and she understood everything. So if you are not okay. if you've only watched one of those shows or a few of them, you'll still understand everything that's going on. You can figure out the characters very quickly. So the way they ended the last episodes of the the series is before this thing started was they showed this kind of a long pan over the ground it looked very terminator 2 with a bunch of bodies littering the ground and if you look closely you could tell the bodies were like famous superheroes even superheroes that weren't even on the shows uh one of which actually was the green arrow version from smallville which i thought was kind of cool and then it got to this guy and he had a book and he basically gave this guy uh, it turned out to be a guy named john deegan who is an Arkham Asylum doctor, gave him this book. It's played by Jeremy Davies, who you might know from Lost. Okay. And he basically gets to rewrite reality through through reading this book. Uh, the guy that gave him that book is a character named The Monitor, which if you are a DC Comics reader, you will know who The Monitor is. And the first episode... I am not, so who is that? Uh, the Monitor, well, you'll you'll hear. This is, that. that's... Okay. When I get to the end, it'll, I'll explain it. So it does result in Oliver Queen who is the Arrow, and Barry Allen, who is the Flash, swapping bodies. And they both kind of act very well playing the other person. Uh, Arrow looks really weird in the Flash uniform, though, because it's made for someone that's, like, beyond slim. And not that Arrow, not that all the guy that plays Oliver Queen is not is fat. He's just muscular, so it looks different. But anyway, 
Um, they're in this new reality. They're the only ones that realize they swap powers. And in the first episode, they have to defeat this android working together. And then they kind of get together with Supergirl because she actually is in a different universe and she remembers who they are originally. Uh, in this new universe, they do actually run into some new characters, which I thought was very cool. Uh, they meet Lois Lane for the first time. And oh, wow. yeah, and Lois Lane is played by Elizabeth Tulloch. And raw, the casting was great for her. Do you know who she is, Rob? Not a She is no. the she is was the girlfriend from Grimm, or the fiance or wife or whatever she ended up being. There was a lot. So the main oh yes. Bitsy, yeah, okay. she changed her name to Elizabeth, but Bitsy Tulloch, yeah. So like, it was really good casting. But like, I was watching, her, I'm like, who is that? And actually, I didn't think that her and the guy from Grimm actually had that great that great of chemistry. But her and the guy that plays Superman, who's Tyler Hawkland were really good. So Superman was in it. Yeah. Taylor Hawkins? Yes, Taylor Hawkins. Taylor Swift? Yeah. Um, I was going to say, yeah, you were right about Grimm because I always thought that that um, the, the guy who played Nick and and the the blonde who played... Yeah, the um, one that could do like the skeleton face. They had much yeah, better... Yeah, I always thought they had much better chemistry. Mm-hmm. Even when they hated each other, which was funny. So anyway, yeah. they go after this guy. There's a lot of, you know, going back and forth and stuff, but there's a, a couple really cool things that they did. They did go to, in the second episode, which in order to kind of stick with the darker tone of Arrow, they went to Gotham because the guy worked at Arkham. And when they go into Arkham, there's, of course, you see, you don't see a lot of the characters, but you see like closed doors of the cells. Uh, you do see the defrosted now wife of Mr. Freeze, and she's trying to get his weapon to try to freeze him because at some point the bad guy decides to let all the prisoners out. Of course, you see a character called the Psycho Pirate. Of course. Who is a character, which again, I'll talk about that in a little bit. And they also go into like the weapons room and it's got like all of these like just cool Batman references, which I thought were really neat. They had uh, this Shakespeare bust from the six- Batman 66, which was really neat. Th- that was in there. They had some fear gas. They had a bunch of uh, weapons from the various characters, the-, the chattering teeth from the Joker. The fear gas actually played a pretty cool part because there was a lot of characters that have been on these shows that are that have left the shows to do other things, but they still are, are in pretty good touch with the the people that make the show. So Malcolm Merlin, who who died, I believe, early on, played by uh, John Barrowman, he got to show up again playing playing Malcolm Merlin as a hallucination, which is kind of cool. Uh, one of the big things that they did do on this particular episode is introduce another new character and that is Batwoman played by played by Ruby Rose it is the Kate Kane oh, version of Batwoman from the I think his name is Greg Williams or something Williams it's a it was a detective comics run that was about five years ago and it was excellent uh Ruby Rose played her and it was she was really good I thought I'm definitely hoping that that takes and they make like a separate series because it was really really enjoyable and she was she was a badass um yeah, she she kind of is a badass anyway. Yeah, she's on. If you guys watch, uh, what is it? Orange is the New Black. She was on there. She's been on a bunch of other stuff. So that, she was awesome. And then, of course, they go back to Coast City where they're going to try to fix everything. And a new version of Superman shows up and it is the black suit Superman from the uh, Reign of the Superman comic series, which was after Superman died and a bunch of Supermen showed up. So the black suit with the silver Superman logo shows up. And they have a big super battle with Superman and Oliver Queen and all this stuff. It was really good. It was a, it was a really fun fight. The special effects team definitely did not have enough time to finish all their stuff. So there was a little bit of uh, 
bad physics and bad lighting and stuff like that that Jimmy and I would freak out about. I would say, did it look too TV? It looked very TV. It's like when they just get uh, a video of a city and they have someone flying around in it, but it wasn't actually tracked. So they just kind of assume that the character, that people aren't going to notice the character sliding around, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So there's a little bit of that. Uh, the very end. So here's where I was, I'm going to do some of that other stuff. The very end, they solve everything. It is revealed that Super that Lois Lane is pregnant, and her and Superman. Are, yeah, here's spoiler spoilerage. So Lois Lane is pregnant. They're going to go away to a planet, which explains why they're not going to be around in the next season because she has to give birth. Um, Barry and Oliver decide to have a drink together, and Kate Kane calls from Gotham and basically says that the psycho pirate and this Deegan character are chatting in prison. And Deegan says, "Worlds will live, worlds will die, and the universe will never be the same." Which is a line almost directly from Crisis on the Infinite Earths. And Psycho Pirate was part of Crisis on the Infinite Earths, and it is a story from DC in which all of the various Earths, because on the business side of things, DC absorbed a bunch of companies, and we had a bunch of different storylines for characters, and they needed to absorb it down to one. So they did this huge story called Crisis on Infinite Earths, and a character named the Monitor was in a battle with a character named the Anti-Monitor, and they basically started destroying planets. So creative. And that is going to be the big crossover next year. So they definitely revealed that, which I thought was very cool. Uh, Also, they did the diamond shtick, too. Superman heated up some coal and turned it into a diamond to get to marry Lois, which I thought was kind of cool. It was really good. It was fun. You could find it probably on any of the streaming, or on most of the streaming devices, or on WB Online, or whatever, if you don't have access to it on demand. That leads to our next subject. I don't know how that segues, but... Great segue. That is the movie I Killed Giants. And as previously stated, you can find that on YouTube as a rental. Um, I watched it on Hulu, but it is best that you don't Google it. And it's best that you skip ahead after this segment. As much as we want you guys to listen... There's no way to do this without spoiling it. Yeah, we will warn you when the major spoilers come up. It's basically when we start talking about plot as opposed to just Mm -hmm. the overall thought of the movie. You're going to want to jump ahead. So non-spoilery stuff. Uh, The movie stars Madison Wolf, Zoe Saldana, Imogen Poots, and Sidney Wade. I did. It's based on the 2008 graphic novel of the same name by Joe Kelly and J.M. Ken Nimura. So I was the one that sort of assigned this movie because mm-hmm. I didn't know this movie actually existed, but the graphic novel I Killed Giants in, in 2008 was easily my favorite graphic novel of the year. The art was incredible. The writing was yeah. incredible. I have never read a comic has ever made me tear up and or cry, and that one did. I've actually let multiple people borrow it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. On Black Friday, I was out and looking at the dollar ninety nine two ninety nine movies at Best Buy and I was like, that's funny. This movie has the same name as that book I like. And I had no idea it existed. Um it came out I didn't either. It came out in theaters and it was one of those dual releases to come out in theaters and like a week later come out on streaming or on demand or on video or something. So I thought it was really poorly marketed because I'm not the only person oh, that thought that. I'm not the only person that thought that it was one of the best books of that year. Joe Kelly. Oh, no, no, you're not. Yeah. Joe Kelly surprised a lot of people with this because he was known as kind of a, he was a different kind of writer. He was more of like the, he wasn't bad, but he wasn't 
overwhelmingly creative is not the word because I'm not trying to denigrate his work, but I know he did some Deadpool stuff. He was just a writer. Like he, he wasn't going to change the world, but he was, he was good. And then he came out with this and it, it blew me away. So when, after I read it, my thought was that, you know, there's going to, there's some stories that only really work in comic book form. And I think mm -hmm. Watchmen people thought that, and depending on what you're feeling in the movie is, you might feel that. So I thought this is, would be hard to make a movie. And I, th I thought it was really good as a movie. I did as well. Um, I thought it was it was very beautifully shot. Um, it definitely had a cold tone to it. Mm -hmm. um, I've talked about it before. It's kind of one of those ma movies that made you feel cold. Yeah, and, like a Pacific Northwest feel to it all the time. Yeah, even though no, yeah, it, it definitely was. Um, but yeah, the movie it just kind of my stomach was kind of in knots the whole movie. Um, I found it a little predictable especially with the Giants and Kovaleski thing. Oh, okay. Connected that pretty quickly. Yeah. Pretty quickly. See, I didn't catch that part because yeah. I didn't, I had not actually heard other than in the comic. I mean, anything I'm saying here, I, I didn't, I'm partially talking about the movie because I, some, they were very true to the book and the movie. So they like, there's a lot of things that if, if it surprised me in the movie, it's because I had forgotten it from the book. I really liked the main character and how she was like complete outcast and weird. Bar her name is Barbara Thorson, of course, the Thor thing. And she walks around with a, mm -hmm. a hammer, which you kind of got that part. And she's kind of awkward. Mm -hmm. Well, so Barbara has two siblings um, and they, they're having a difficult time and they are not dealing with the situation very well at all. Uh, Barbara, especially she's, um, she, I don't think this is any spoiler, really, she escapes when confronted about things. Uh, she appears to have great anxiety and is even quite mean. She's really kind of a bitch. Yeah, she's mean to the psychologist. She's mean to her, to her brother in a way. She's mean to mm -hmm. her sister. She's mean to the teachers. Yeah. And it's funny because she's, she's clearly smart and, she dresses kind of ridiculously. She's always wearing these like bunny ear, this like bunny ear hat. And we, it's funny because it reminds me of Bob's Burgers. Yeah, she actually does. She reminds me of a lot of like students that we've had that'll have like something weird that they wear like every day, and it's like it's like a security blanket almost. But she's very self aware of it, and she's like, you know, this is what I'm here for. I'm here to kill giants. That's not a spoiler because it's in the title. I'm here to kill giants, and you don't know what I go through to save you guys. So just you know, shut up and let me do what I'm gonna do. That's kind of her attitude, I think. Yeah, but also, like, F you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm smarter than you. Um, you're, you're below me. There's a, there's a, a line, uh, when she's speaking with another character that she says, I tend to be pretty mean to dumb people. And there's a lot of dumb people. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's really got that whole self righteous indignation thing. Yeah. Down. I think I'm going to add that. I'm going to, I only mean to dumb people, and there's a lot of dumb people to the beginning of my class. I think that's a good idea. I put it on my syllabus. There you go. There you go. Cool. <laughs> so I'll be taking your job soon. <laughs> no, there are no dumb people that I have to teach. So anyway, moving on. So there, there's some some fantasy elements here, some references to Dungeons & Dragons. Mind you, this did come out before Stranger Things. At least the book did. Mm -hmm. It did. Um, 
the book did even come out before the movie that I compared it to based on the trailer, and that's the movie Troll Hunter. Yeah, yeah. Um, not the weird there's like a weird kids cartoon called troll hunters that netflix went this weird direction instead of remaking troll hunter for american audiences or even making a part two they made this weird cartoon i could go on a whole thing about that i was looking forward to a remake but troll hunter has a a very i think the the best comparison is the the kind of cold because it's certainly not shot the same way troll hunter was like a uh, handheld camera kind of dealio uh, but the scale is is what really reminded me of it and the special effects yeah i, as well. I like the special effects as 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 far as the as far as the tone of the movie the or the the cinematography of the movie i think you're i think the first one you put there is almost spot on um yeah because it it has the same visual feeling mm-hmm. as Goonies. especially mm-hmm. a lot of the shots on the beach with yes. with a lot of the yeah, a lot of the shore shots, a lot of the a lot of these storm shots, a lot of the shots of the sky. It really has an overall feeling of Goonies. Yeah, usually, yeah. Which I think now might. Do you think now is probably the time to to get rid of the spoiler people? Yeah, hit the um the alarm button there. So here's our here's our spoiler. I need we actually yeah we need we need, actually need a spoiler uh, thing. Um, to to maybe. We'll have to come up with a spoiler alarm. But anyway, so the whole movie, you're not really sure if this all these giants, which we haven't really yep. talked about all that much, are real or are they in her head? Is it some sort of elaborate fantasy because she's into Dungeons and Dragons but or because she's getting bullied at school, which we haven't talked too much about that either. And just, you know, she's a weird kid in school and people are going to bully her. Um, but what eventually happens is you you kind of start learning that She's sort of creating this fantasy world where she has to protect everyone from these giants because her mother is suffering from some unnamed they disease or cancer. I don't cancer. think they specify they in don't. the movie. They don't. Yeah, so so they say that she's mm-hmm. sick and that she is running away from this and that she was clearly very close at with her some mother. Point. Because they, at some point, and then her mother got sick and now she is basically ignoring the fact that her mother is sick and she yep. won't even go talk to her mother. So the mother is actually kind of saying like, you know, off screen, basically, like, I, mm-hmm. I want to see my daughter. Trying to call out to her. And the daughter is busy. Yeah. And the daughter is basically trying to ignore the situation. And if I ignore it, it'll go away. And if I defeat these dragons, it'll save my mother. Or these dragons. Dragons. These giants. Dagrons. Save my mother. Big old Dagrons. Yes, Dagrons. So, you know, it kind of culminates in... there's Now, we've had some thoughts about this. Now, Rob had one feeling about what the giants actually symbolize. Mm-hmm. Well, it, not not so much the giants themselves, but that the last one, the Titan. Um, just because of what the Titan says to her when it comes, she says, "You can't have my mother." Um, the and the Titan tells her, "I I didn't come for your mother. I came for you." Um, so it's it's kind of her way of coping with it in that her mind is developing something or sending her something to help toughen her up so that she can cope with her mother's illness, you know, on her own, basically. Um, but you had a different take on what the, what the actual Titan stood for. Well, I think that I, well, I think I, I had the same take that she did at the beginning where she felt that, that the giant was the sickness mm-hmm. and that she had to defeat it. So in a way the movie, Proves both me and the character Barbara wrong. 
Right. Well, and and I think that I think I think that we're both kind of right because I think that that is what the character herself believes. And that's the gist that you get from that. But then when the Titan says, no, that's not the case, that's where I was like, okay, well, so that's, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what's it's interesting is too, like, one of the things I do when I'm listening to our episodes is I'm like, well, what was the kind of weird common theme? Because we obviously do very random things. It just happens to be what comes out that week. But sometimes there's a running theme. And what's interesting is the monitor in the Arrowverse thing and this, there's a lot of talk about toughening someone up or getting someone ready or finding out if someone's ready mm-hmm. for something. And that happens with the monitor and it happens with the Titan, which I thought was kind of an interesting, weird thing, especially since I watched them back to back last night. But, nice link. Yeah, good segue. So, you know, it's it's a very, it goes from what is a fantasy movie to a very touching, sad movie. And, you know, one of my thoughts was that this girl was too busy living in her fantasy world to actually spend what turns out to be the last moments of the mother's life with her, at least for a little while. I mean, they basically have a summer together and it's, yeah, maybe that is really sad. You know, it's, and it, you know, I I try not to get too personal in this, in this thing, but one of the reasons why I really enjoyed this and enjoyed the book was because I I grew up with a father that was very sick all the time. And we had a, we had a close relationship. So there was not, so when he did pass, I of course missed him very much, but I didn't feel like anything was left unsaid or undone. You know, it would right. be nice to sit down and watch a, fo- a football game with them as long as the Steelers could fucking win again. Yeah. Nope. However, he lost to the Raiders. Anyway, some somewhere he's breaking something. What the hell was that? What the? <laughs> like the breaks. That's the <gasps> opera going on in my living room. Anyway, so, you know, like, would I, yeah, but I don't feel like I missed out because we kind of always knew he was sick and we had to do what we could when we could do it. And, but I totally understand her feeling of not wanting to see that parent figure sick. Like I totally understand not wanting to go to the hospital because I hate, mm-hmm. like I still hate going to the hospital. Oh, so do I. Yeah. In some ways, if I ever end up in the hospital, I don't want anyone to have to deal with that either. Like I'd much rather people not visit me in some ways because I like, why see me sick? I'll get out eventually. You know, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Oh, you like, think I think so. Unless Rob is my nurse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will come con- to care for you wearing a black robe and carrying a scythe. Be like, hello, Greg. Oh my god. He will constantly make wow. me sick so that he has to keep giving me sponge bats. I think that's a, I think it's a good time to stop this segment. Well, no. Before you guys get too deep into that. I will say that there was, that there was one thing I didn't understand though. Um, I, because they're in middle school, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're old enough to not react the way that they did. I, I didn't understand Sophia's reaction to seeing her mother because that made it seem like it was, in fact, something that was fantasy driven or supernatural or whatever. Where the way that she dropped the glass and ran out of the house, you know what I'm talking about? That seems like yeah. such an overreaction for what was actually going on. I think you're you're not wrong with that. So basically, this, this girl, Sophia is her friend. Is- right comes over and i guess she's from leeds yeah she's from leeds she's england and she i guess sees the mother sick and runs out runs out of the house but like but like a panic i mean like like she's frozen in place breathing rapidly like freaking the hell out like like there's some kind of like monster charging at her and and it's such a visceral and such a such a panicked reaction that it's like Come on, you're 
you're old enough to not act like that when you see us. Yeah, well, in one way is they they hid the fact that the mother was sick from many of the characters. Um, now, at this point, did the bully had the bully told Sophia the secret? No, no, I don't believe so. Okay. Oh, wait, yes, yes, she had like, because that was how she ended up upstairs because the bullies beat her up. Remember? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that the bullies told told Sophia this this secret and maybe that verified that it was actually true. And she's like, oh. But most people would have just frozen in place and not run panic. It would have been like a, should I be here kind of moment, or like you saw something you're not supposed to. Yeah, but it, I, but it was such a complete overreaction that I'm like, really? And, mm-hmm. and, in, and in retrospect, after the movie was over, that was really the one scene that stuck out to me. Like, why? I don't, now I don't understand that scene whatsoever. Yeah, it's probably over, probably a bit overdone, especially with the sound effects, the slow motion of the glass dropping, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but overall, I thought it was very, very good. I thought it definitely kept the tone of the book, and I, I very much enjoyed it. I've now watched it twice, because there was a few, when you said the thing about the eating the paper, I think I had stepped out of the room to walk one of my ridiculous animals, mm-hmm. and part missed, was great. That, missed that one part. It actually made me laugh out loud. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. She's meeting with her psychologist and decides to eat a piece of paper. But Well, she she writes something on it and then just rips off a section of it and shoves it in her mouth. I think she was drawing a little little giant I'm like, on, the, on the corner what? of it. Delicious. Yeah. It, so, you know, I thought it was very good as well. Um, that thing that I had alluded to was the fact that, that um, not – now, I, I didn't – put it together as quickly because I knew who Kovaleski was uh, a rookie for the Philadelphia Phillies who, who was a giant killer. Um, I think he went, they said he went through the lineup three day, you know, three times in five days against the giants and uh, five games against the giants. Um, I put that together very early when she was listening to the tapes and I was like, Maybe this is in reference to the Giants baseball team. Um, Something that her and her mother used to enjoy when they were younger. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a a picture of her and her mother shown, I think, where um, Sophia finds, um, uh, what's her name? Madison? Barbara. Wayne? Barbara. Barbara. She finds Wayne's little hideaway in the basement. Wayne's closet sees that Barbara has, you know, a picture of her and her mother. They're wearing Phillies gear and they have a, they record like a little thing about Kovaleski, um, who was a baseball player. And, you know, I kind of saw that pretty early, but still I thought it was, uh, but it was, it, it was touching. Like you said, Greg, but also it was just freaking sad. Yeah. Well, and, and I liked the movie, but I always find it to be a little bit of a letdown when the main character is exactly what everybody in the movie says they are. Because she was, a, you know, they're like, oh, she's crazy. You know, this, is, this isn't this is real. This isn't happening. Blah, 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 blah. I always find it to be a little bit of a letdown when they are, in fact, crazy. And they're inventing all of this stuff on their own. And, you know, so. Yeah. That's that's not that's not the director's fault or anything like that. I mean, that's that's the actual story. I mean, the story is the story, but. To me, it's always, you know... I think she was less crazy and more just inventing a reality. I mean, she was a kid. Inventing a reality to get past the, her actual life. And you just happen to be party to it, and you happen to be able to see it. I like to party. 
I like the nightlife. I like to boogie. On the disco. I did not expect it to go that direction. It's electric. Boogie, woogie, boogie, woogie. boogie, boogie. Well, I think that's actually going to wrap up our topics for this episode. So that's going to take us to the give me five question for the night. And I think we're going to go a little bit of a holiday theme with it. And you you know how much we love our TV shows and everything like that. I, I think we're going to do our top five favorite Christmas themed television episodes. I think going into this particular question one of the things that kind of occurred to me is like, what makes a great Christmas episode? Cause there's a lot of them and yes, there, there are. are a lot of them. Yeah. And I was torn between the ones that were really kind of fun and throwback where they would like have a claymation section or something like that, mm-hmm. or it will tie into like a fifties or sixties type Christmas animation. Or if it was something about like taking characters that are not known for having heart and showing them have one good night, uh, that kind of stuff. So is there something that like you guys looked at and were like, okay, this is what makes a good Christmas episode? Yeah. Um, it's gotta have uh Christmas in it. It's gotta have, okay. So that's one. Actually, I've got a couple that don't. Um, I, I, for me, I think it goes two ways. Actually, there's, there's the one, um, there's the one like stereotypical way where, Everybody gets the feels. It's a it's a nice episode. It's more dramatic. You know, something happens and people realize that it's Christmas and they kind of pull together that kind of episode. Okay. Then there's also the absolutely ridiculous and funny episode. And I've got several of those as well. Yeah, I think so too. It's I think that if the show is usually crass, then sometimes mm-hmm. it's kind of nice to have, to show that like because you, you always see a family arguing every single episode and there's you know like a Simpsons episode which we'll get to. A uh, drunk Al Bundy in a Santa outfit. Yeah, exactly. Like stuff like that. And then it's nice to see like, oh, okay, well, this person is doing that to get a gift for their parents. But also if the if the family is always portrayed as perfect, it's nice to see from the other side of things. And I'll be honest, I watched a bunch of these today. And last night I was just, I went back and I watched some of the 80s ones that might not have made my list, but I, it was kind of nice to see them again. So I guess to to the question, now that we've done our kind of sub question here, uh, Jimmy, you're always first, so go ahead. Sure. Uh, starting with my number five, that is going to be The Office, and that is Classy Christmas. Oh, a different yes. one. Mm-hmm. I, I chose a different one than a lot of people did uh, because I've not seen that other one. Oh, it's glorious. You That's the big it. reason. My number four is going to be – I'm going to switch it up a little bit. My number four is going to be Married with Children – it was the episode Christmas from 1992 where we had uh, previously mentioned Trunk Al Bundy in a Santa outfit. How could you go wrong with that? And I've seen that picture so many times, him slumped on the couch like that, if I remember correctly, if that's from it's that episode. Fu- it's, it's funny. There's a little, like, oh, that's sweet at the end, but it ends in total, like, Bundy fashion where they're just like, you know what? If we find a reindeer, we're going to throw its dead carcass onto the neighbor's lawn. And they all kind of bond over something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. just um, how uh, you wouldn't expect married with children to end any other way. Uh, number three is the episode of Black Mirror called The White Christmas. Yeah. So we've talked about Black Mirror before. Looking forward to that coming back soon, even if it does have Miley Cyrus in it. Uh, my number two 
is going to be one that I, I think watching that made me go, oh, damn, TV can like strike a, a fields cord. Um, it was uh, the episode from Scrubs called My Own Personal Jesus, where I, I feel like every you know episode before that, um, I, I would watch this with my mom and we would laugh and it was funny and um, – and then this one just dropped a, a heavy load of, of the feels on you. Um, did it make you feel your own feelings? It did. How dare you make me feel my own feelings? Number one, uh, Greg, you have it. Uh, roasting on an open fire that is um, from The Simpsons, where the character of Santa's little helper is introduced. The poor emaciated greyhound. That poor little thing. Um that one just that's that just that's a huge standout in my you know memory bank of Christmas episodes. When I first thought of this question, it's the very first episode that I I didn't know the name of it actually, but that's the, I was like it's got to be that episode with that dog. I guess I'll go next, and as usual, I've got a, a honorary one in there, and that is uh, from Community Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas. That is was in kind of towards the end, but that had the acclamation section, which was. Total throwback to the old Frosty the Snowman and Rudolph and all that stuff, which is worth seeing. So I'm mentioning that not because it's the best episode, but it's a fun thing for you guys to watch out there if you can find it. So Community Season 2, Episode 11, Uncontrollable Christmas, Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas. My number five, then, is uh, the Friends episode, The Holiday Armadillo. And that is, I believe, Season 6, maybe? I think it's a later season. Uh, the picture I saw looked pretty funny. Yeah, it's uh, Ross is trying to introduce... Hanukkah to his kid who is being raised by his ex-wife and him kind of separately and he sees that there's Christmas everywhere and the kid doesn't understand anything about Hanukkah so he's going to go get a costume like a Hanukkah Harry kind of thing or do something like that but it's very late so he can't actually get the costume other than one of an armadillo so he becomes the holiday armadillo and it, and then you know Chandler shows up dressed as Santa it's it's funny I'm going to go with the Doctor Who episode for season for Number four, it's from series seven, and it is called The Snowmen. It was a bunch of snowmen attacking them, and it was a good Christmas episode. They do, they tend to do a Christmas episode every year, although this year they're doing a New Year's episode. And they're all very good, but The Snowmen is the one that, that stood out the most. I was kind of thinking of individual parts, and there was that one seemed to, to grab me. Also, The Office, The Dwight Christmas, which I typed about 18 times before I realized it was a play on White Christmas, which I don't know how that happened, but... <laughs> basically they end up trying to set up christmas too late in the office and they decide that they're going and because they're too late they have to follow dwight's christmas traditions and he, dwight dresses up as bell snickel who is the gift giver and he brings all of his very weird kind of amish kind of german traditions that are mostly made up i think all made up i don't know maybe i hope they're not made up and does all sorts of weird crap until he finally gets fed up and bails and they decide to try to make their own way at Christmas. Simpsons Roasting Over the Open Fire. That is season one, episode one. I did not know that until I looked it up. That is the very first episode, full-length episode of Simpsons that ran on television. Isn't that weird? It's a Christmas episode. I, I don't know. Kind of. It is very weird. Yeah. Homer can't afford Christmas presents, so it's kind of introducing Homer as that kind of loser, ne'er-do-well type person. While out trying to figure something out, he, of course, rescues the dog from an abusive owner. And that's how they end up getting Santa's little helper, thus the name. And the dog has now been alive for 30-something years, thankfully. Is it 30 years now? We've, I think we've, that's crazy. And 
That was the introduction of the world, at least to me, of The Simpsons. And my number one, now I might be, I'm concerned here because Rob said it has to have, or you said, Jimmy, it has to have Christmas in it. It is a Christmas episode, but it's called The Strike, and it is an episode of Seinfeld in which Festivus was brought to our attention. And I think it's, I think it works. And of course, this. <laughs> the tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. Yes, it is a non-traditional Christmas in which the Festivus pole is erected and they celebrate the non-Christmas holiday in which the airing of the grievances happen. The other part of the story, of course, is Creamer working at a bagel company and going on strike, causing a, a bagel shortage around Hanukkah and Christmas time, apparently. So that is my number one. And now Rob, nice. who always keeps us in suspense by not typing it on our script. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I, I've i got a couple of um, serious ones, but I do have several funny ones. Um, I think I'm going to start at... Uh, well, I'll, I'll throw out my honorable mention because I haven't actually seen the episode yet. And in fact, while while trying to refresh my memory for some of these, I came across one that I didn't even know existed and I have to go watch it. But apparently The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina has put out a holiday episode. It's kind of like a link between season one and season two. I gotta watch that still. So I will have to go check that out. Um, it's got a very interesting ending to it, apparently. Um, a little bit of a darker turn, I guess, for Sabrina. So we'll see. But my my number five um, is going to be a show that I've liked for a number of years now, and that's NCIS. I'm going to go with their Silent Night uh, Christmas episode. Uh, happens around Christmas, and they find out about a person who's supposed to have been dead for 17 years, and they're trying to piece the mystery together, and you know all the time that they spend together on Christmas. Um, the the next one is going to be another drama slash action. And that's going to be the Buffy Christmas episode, nice. Amends. Um, that's the one where where Angel, I believe, is or is is hearing all of the people that he had killed in the past, and he's trying to make amends for it. And he's convinced he has to kill himself, and they're trying to you know prevent him from doing so. Um, that one almost made my list as the, well, but I figured I actually had a feeling it would be on another list, so I didn't need to uh, bring it up. Well, there's there's at least one more to come that I'm surprised was not on either of your lists, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, for number three, I'm going to go with the Futurama episode about the Robo Santa. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Santa who who spends Christmas night, like, killing people. Mm -hmm. Fantastic, fantastic episode. My number two episode is going to be the Family Guy, very, very special Family Guy freaking Christmas. Um where Stewie is is attempting to be good so that Santa will bring him some plutonium. Very special fr freaking um, family guy. Very special family guy freaking Christmas. I'm typing this down and, for posterity because someday when we get our book deal, they're going to want to know all of our answers and I'm going to have to go listen to every right. episode we've done since there's some holes. Anyway, move on. <laughs> okay. So that's that's a very funny episode. I, I, I'm one of the, I think I'm one of the few here who actually likes the show. Um, but my number one Christmas episode, and I can't believe you guys didn't mention it because I would have. I'm going to, Jimmy and I had this conversation. And I think I said to Jimmy that I didn't put it on my list because I knew Rob was going to pick it. So I want to see if I'm right. Yeah. Would, would you have. Do it. Would you have chosen Mr. Hanky the Christmas Pooh? Almost did. You're <laughs> uh -huh. damn right. 
I said it in class the other day. I said I was thinking about putting it on there, but I know Rob is going to talk Mr. about Hanky, it. Mr. Hanky, Miss Pooh, oh, he loves good. me and I love yep. you. Great, great yep. episode. I knew that was going to... The first time I saw it, I lost I lost it when Mr. Hanky went up and wrote on the mirror, Noel in shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the brown spots. I, I have a hard time. My, my germophobia in that episode. And then his parents like, opened oh, the door no. to the bathroom and they were like, Kyle! <laughs> <laughs> and he's standing in the bathroom <laughs> holding a log of crap. <laughs> With like a little hat yes. and scarf on it. Well, we did put this out on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all that. We actually posted this question before, which we do occasionally. Mm-hmm. And we did get a response here. We've got a few of them, but I'm going to read one. And it's from Jubals, we talked about earlier. And he said his number five is Parks and Rec, a okay. Christmas scandal, which I actually was, that was coming, that was close to. Scrubs, My Own Personal Jesus, which I believe Jimmy mentioned. Yes, indeed. Uh, Always Sunny, A Very Sunny Christmas, which, honestly, I felt weird putting it on my list because the very first time I watched it was this afternoon, and I've never seen Always Sunny. or a very I've never seen – I haven't seen much of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But A Very Sunny Christmas is hilarious, and you do have the benefit of seeing a very sweaty, naked Danny DeVito evict himself from inside of a leather couch, like kind of like wow. Ace Ventura. I'm good. He, he slid. It was gloriously funny. Oh my God. It was wor- worth, it was funny. So that was number three. Uh, number two is a Doctor Who episode, The Voyage of the Dam. So another good Christmas episode from Doctor Who. And number one, tie it up there with mine, Seinfeld, The Strike, the mm. one with the Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. Exactly. So that is, uh, thank you, Jubals. Keep it up. And yeah, all you guys you. out there, if you if you have lists, even if it's if you're coming in a couple episodes late, send it to us. If we if we give a list of five and you're like these people are morons, we want to hear yours and we will read them and we'll and we'll be nice about it too, depending on if Maybe. it's a quality we'll list. See. Yeah. All right, guys, that's gonna wrap up our show. So for the rest of this month, being that it is Christmas, next week we will be covering some Christmas horror flicks. You know, stuff like uh, Krampus, Krampus Unleashed, uh, even the Sabrina Christmas episode. Um, And Is there like a Mrs. Krampus? I think we're going to just, I'm going to watch as much Christmas horror as I possibly can for next week. And and I I found one today. It finally came out. Probably talk about uh, all the creatures we're stirring. For sure. And it seems like it's another another Christmas horror anthology type thing. Uh, We'll probably also touch on Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Possibly even Bumblebee, because that comes out this weekend. That comes mm-hmm. out. That'll be in two weeks, I think, based on the way the calendar falls. I think. I, I'm not sure. I, I was looking at the calendar. Uh, I was going to say, IMDb. it comes out this Friday. I don't think it does. I think Spider-Man does. I, I was looking at the I IMDb thought, calendar. So I think I both. it was the 14th. I could be wrong. I don't know. I was it was. I was well, basing it on IMDb's calendar. 21st. So anyway, uh, in two weeks, guys, we've got, most likely we're going to talk about Aquaman and uh, Aquaman's and his, rippling abs. His yeah. pectorals. Yeah, his, his firm pectoral muscles rock hard oh bumblebee maybe as well as we mentioned but definitely aquaman's uh tight buttocks and calves jimmy's just quit the podcast i, I all right thank you guys so much for you, listening you forgot the three weeks portion in three weeks we're going to talk about something that i don't know now in three weeks we're going to be uh reviewing the year uh so it's gonna be uh, our year yes. in review possibly one episode possibly two we'll have to see last year it ended up being two but we're working on that. Oh, that's what that's the other one that comes out this week. Mortal Engines. It's not Bumblebee, it's Mortal Engines. Uh, okay. 
So we got a lot of stuff to cover ending the year, and uh, but should be fun. Yep, should be fun. So as always, guys, Merry Christmas, bitches! Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we enjoy providing the content for you. And remember, as always, please go and give us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast app you're using. It really helps us out. We appreciate it. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Thank you, guys. So that, of course, from National Lampoon. I'm going to put just, I'm actually going to cut it. Okay. Put just the Merry Christmas, yeah. kiss my ass, kiss his ass, because I, I recorded the wrong one out of YouTube today, apparently. Okay. I didn't realize it until just then, but. Douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> was that a real fart? Who's <laughs> laughing at just Rob calling you a douchebag for that reason? <laughs> <laughs>